Is this the end of the world as we know it for college football? Well, Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, he's got some pretty radical ideas, and BC can't just sit on their hands on this one. I'll explain why on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, this is AJ Black. Welcome to Locked On BC, your team every day. Thank you for listening. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a new NCAA policy um, that was projected by Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, that could rock the college sports world. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you weren't listening, Charlie Baker, who former governor of Massachusetts is proposing sweeping changes to his association's amateurism model that would essentially create pay for play between schools and athletes. So basically he is going to create a new subdivision for, for for FBS as well as the rest of the college football that would pay players a baseline of $30,000 a year and basically let NIL deals cycle in through the school and be unlimited for players. This is coming in uh, hot and heavy because of there's a series of lawsuits that are coming in that uh, could really damage the NCAA standing in terms of the amateurism that they're claiming and the fact that these kids are not considered employees. So Baker's trying to get out in front of this. Now, different articles have said different things. Now, to keep compliance with Title IX, again, one of the lawsuits that's coming out, they have to pay 50% of these $30,000 each year scholarships or payments to the kids. It's not scholarships. It's payments have to also go to, to women's sports so that they're getting it too. So there's a lot going on here. On Wednesday, they're going to have more discussion in front of the media so you can get more questions answered. But This raises a very interesting question about Boston College. Now, BC is currently at the at the winner's table right now at the ACC, and they've been able to coast. They haven't been, you know, they're always behind on everything, whether it's NIL, stipends, um, new facilities, all that kind of stuff. It feels like you have to bring them kicking and screaming into the next generation. If Charlie Baker's proposal was to be accepted this would cause an honest conundrum for the leadership at bc because they could not no longer just sit back and say oh we're just going to sit this out and we'll be one of the worst teams or worst programs in terms of like support in fbs uh, power five they're going to have to make a change they can decline to do this but that would that would kick them out of the big boys table and put them at the little kids table. And if you do that, you lose a lot of money. Now, the number that's been thrown around that this would cost a school would be about $10 million a year. For a school like BC that has a ton of other um, sports, whether it's sailing or, you know, uh, 
track, golf, swimming, all that stuff. I'm not sure how that's going to impact that. But it's $10,000, uh, $10 million a year. If you have more sports, I have to wonder if there's going to be contingencies in there that will save them money. Because a school like BC that has 31, I think it's 31 varsity sports on campus, shouldn't be at a strategic disadvantage to another school that has like 12, right? They should they should be able to figure out a way to get around those things so they can do what those other schools do, but also not get penalized for it. So <coughs> I'm wondering what Charlie Baker will say on Wednesday about that. Now, you, you look on Eagle Insider, the message boards, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, and you think that everything is falling apart. And I disagree because the way that this is going to work, I feel like is advantageous for BC because they're going to set up trust funds basically to pay these kids for a school like BC that has a huge endowment. You should be able to support that easily. You should be able to get, you know, that's just like a a little scraping of, of the interest that you're earning on your, on your endowment. They can cover all that. As much as folks think that Father Leahy is lazy, that he doesn't care, that sports is not his priority, which, believe me, the the signs point to that, he knows it's a cash cow. That that kind of money that is brought in by the ACC, that is brought in by interest in uh, collegiate sports, puts BC at an advantage of a lot of schools in the area. And so he he knows, he's not dumb, that doing the things that you need to do to keep that status is going to be crucially important. And if it's $10 million, they will figure out a way to subsidize that. Whether that means cutting programs and folks out there, if you're if you're a fan of some of the of the lesser sports on campus, I'm sorry, but the the, the landscape's changing. And if BC has the choice between losing their golf team and losing, you know, millions and millions of dollars for their football program because they have to pay for their golf coach and and travel for golf. I hope they make the choice that keeps this, the program, you know, most visible, no offense to golf. It's great. And I'm sure those kids are very important, but football is the cash cow. You have to keep that train running. And I don't think that Father Leahy and these and the board of trustees are that naive that they're going to let everything fall apart. They're not going to end back up in the Patriot League. They're not going to end in FCS because they don't want to pay $30,000 to each kid to, to keep them going. This, again, is just a proposal. There's nothing that has been solidified on this yet. It's just something that just popped out. And this could be something to, to, to gauge what people think about Charlie Baker's proposal here. But it's going to be interesting to watch because if it goes through schools like Alabama, USC, Texas, they can now pay these kids directly through the school. No more NIL collectives because they can just funnel it all in through the school and make it a lot easier. And those that's going to make the haves and haves nots that much more uh, apparent. Now, in a moment, I want to talk about the transfer portal 
as we continue on our transfer palooza week here at locked on BC, as things are getting crazy, things are getting really nuts. And I'm going to talk about where BC is looking, what trends we've seen and who could be some names to watch for moving forward. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Now, I know we have come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk up for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my family or, or kids got sick with it while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be, be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Locked on BCAJ Black. We are we're hitting things here on the transfer portal because Boston College is in the midst of a very, very busy season in the transfer portal. I have on Eagle Insider about 35 offers now that BC has made on the, on the transfer portal uh, trail as staff is all over the country right now making offers. Jeff Halfley was just in Texas last night visiting uh, true freshman Cedric Lott, but I'm sure he did some transfer portal uh, visits as well. Staff is everywhere. Jason Tudrian, the uh, director of recruiting, is in North Carolina right now. There's they're, they're doing their due diligence. And one thing that's come clear is what positions BC is looking at. Now, last week, I gave you some of the, name, the, the positions I thought they would look at. Here is the trends of what we're seeing. Quarterbacks, no. Right now, BC has, it's going to be Thomas Castellanos and Jacoby Robinson are going to be your two quarterbacks with Matt Reavy as your third. You think maybe they would try to bring one more else in, but they haven't done that yet. Um, I think they may go with a true freshman coming up, so keep your eye open for that, and I'll have the name up on the site. But running back, yes, they made some offers to running backs. Cartavius Norton, I think, is a big name you want to watch for. He's a 220-pound running back out of Iowa State. Why would you want to know him? Because he's teammates with Tom, I mean, high school teammates with Thomas Castellanos. So he might be someone you want to watch. Wide receiver. Seen a couple offers there. Offensive line is a mixed bag. Now, BC is losing Kyle Hergel and Christian Mahogany to, to graduation. But they are still looking. You know, they got guys like Kevin Klein, um, Jude Bowery, and uh, Otto has to go along with Drew Kendall, Ozzy Trapilo, and Logan Taylor for next year. But they're looking, and the specific position they're looking for is guard. They're looking at a lot of guards, and that could be centers too, because guards can obviously go inside more. They're not really looking at tackles. Now, guys you may see connected to BC that play tackle, play tackle at the G5 level or FCS level. 
And look at the size of them. They're not the six, seven monsters like Trapilo that can do that, that kind of outside work. So they're looking for guards, the guys that are going to replace Mahogany and Hurgle. So that that's a big one. And there's been, I want to say, almost like eight or nine offers for that offensive line spot. So clearly the staff is looking to try to find got you know, recruits to fill those positions. And they're looking anywhere from G5 to 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 FCS to power five. They've offered kids that I went to Texas AM. I saw some kids that uh, you know went to uh, Harvard. You know, they're all over the place. So they're they're trying everything there. The biggest, most controversial piece that they're not, I, I feel like they're oh sorry, offense. Wide receiver, I said tight end, definitely. We talked about Kamari Morales from UNC. He's been visited. <clears throat> uh, they've got a couple other offers out, like Tyler Neville from Harvard. They've got a uh, they're looking at wide receivers because George Takis is leaving. So that makes sense. Look at the defensive side of the ball. I'm gonna start with the most controversial one right now. I haven't seen a single linebacker offered. Folks who watched this year have been saying, like, you know, linebackers are a big issue. They're, you know, Cam Arnold struggled. Vinny De Palmer was kind of slow. What, you know, what's going on? Why aren't they looking at linebackers? Well, we still don't know what's going on with Bryce Steele. Last thing I have heard is that he potentially could be back next year. Cam Arnold is back. You have uh, Jalen Blackwell, he's back. You know, he played most of last year. Davion Crouch played a bunch last year. Sione Hala played a bunch last year. So as, as much as you may not have liked it, they, they've got a lot of guys coming back that should give you some veteran depth there. Now you look at the front seven edge rushers, another position. I haven't seen any, I've seen, Oh, sorry. I should say I've seen one offer at, at, for an edge um, and interior defensive line has been a very big focus. Now you get Cam Horsley back, but you don't have you and you have George Rooks back. I'm not sure what they want to do here, but they're looking at guys. I've seen a bunch of defensive linemen um, from schools like Arkansas and some, you know, FCS schools. They're, they're look, you know, Thor Lindstrom or Thor, whatever his name is from, from Harvard. It's been a position they're looking at. So clearly interior alignment is, is the biggest, or one of the big ones, the biggest position that they are looking at and the one I ha- I was talking to Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider, who's on our show a couple days ago. I asked him, you know, uh, on text, I said, you know, how many do you think you're gonna they're gonna go for for the for the secondary? I said four. He said three. I still stick with what I have. I think they need an outside cornerback. I think they need a slot receiver and at least one safety, and then a fourth. It could be either another safety or another cornerback. They have made a ton of offers in the secondary. You are losing Elijah Jones. You have Cole Batson. John Pupil is gone. And you have a bunch of question marks. CJ Klingscales, Jalen Cheek. You don't know what they can give you. Amari Jackson's been okay. But you need you need more depth here. And this is a position that is so crucial. Cam Cameron... Uh, Martinez, I believe his name is from Ohio state is one big name that I, I would really watch for. And we have some updates on him on Eagle insider. Halfley Halfley recruited him at Ohio state. So he might be someone that, you know, has a good relationship with the staff and, you know, he's played at the power five level. He'd be someone I would, I would be interested in. 
So I think when I look at everything, when I look at what they have and what they need, I hope that they spend the most focus on interior defensive line and secondary, because I think the edge rushers will come if the secondary gets better. The secondary needs to get a lot better for that to happen. Now, I still think that they're going to have a big class. I know they're going to have a big class from my conversations with the staff. This is going to be a, a situation worth watching. And go over to Eagle Insider right now. We have a 60% off deal. And I have a special announcement uh, about a new staff member I'm going to add to my site. Hopefully, I can announce it soon. So you want to make sure to head over. It's it's a piece that I've been missing for a while. And I think I just locked it up. So head on over. You're going to get transfer portal news, all the updates that I have, all the analysis Mitch has. It's only until Wednesday night. So sign up today. Now, in a moment, I want to talk about the basketball game. One of the more convincing wins BC's had, and I'll explain what happened in that. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 on bonus bets without with w- any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. If you're looking at the Fenway Bowl and you don't live in the state of Massachusetts, last I had checked on FanDuel, BC was a nine and a half point favorite, uh, sorry, underdog against the, the, the Mustangs. Is that too much? I don't know. It depends on how you think BC's defense is going to look. If you think that BC's defense can hang in, maybe you're going to take the Eagles. But you can also look there for spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get their great deals. It's a site that's so easy to use. I can go on there on the day of, of college football or, or NFL, find everything I need, and make my bets in, in, a, in a couple seconds. It's so easy and, and get paid instantly. If I win, I'll take out my money and go have a few uh, cocktails or or get something nice for myself. So you need to do as well. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. We're talking about the basketball game that happened on Tuesday evening as they hosted Central Connecticut at uh, Conti Morgue. I mean, Conti Forum. Uh, there seemed to be about 20 people at this game. It was a six o'clock start. So clearly folks that had to work, that was a little tough to get there. Now, folks that didn't get to go to this game, didn't miss all that much as BC just throttled uh, central Connecticut for this entire game. Now the game BC only ended up winning, I think by 18 points. So it was, it doesn't, yeah, they they won by 14 points, 16 points. Sorry. Right. Four, no, 14 points. I'm right. But the last like five minutes was all walk-ons and, I don't think Quentin Post played in the second half. So it's not like if you're looking at the scoreboard, look deeper into the numbers because BC, uh, they laid off the gas really, really early in the second half um, as BC just kind of jumped out. Now, Mason Madsen had a huge game. He had, um, he had quite a few points in the first half. I think he had 15 points in the first half. The reason he had to play so much uh, and, and, and become in, he had yeah 15 points. It was because Claudel Harris was out. He hurt his foot against NC State uh, and had to sit out this game. He had a boot on, which is not good news. And that's that's kind of tough news. You know, th- this win is obviously very encouraging, 
But the fact you lost your second best score and he's wearing a boot is not encouraging. But looking at this game, you had Madsen have a big game. And the offense itself was was buttery. It was so good. The the passes they were making, they were so much better than Central Connecticut. Uh, you know, you had Quentin Post just finding open spots. They were able to pick and roll and do whatever they needed to do. And they were up big when it came to halftime. They were up by 26 points. They were more than doubling them. Now, Central Connecticut scored 45 points in the second half. But again, I tell you, it's because you were playing like you were getting your kids, the underclassmen, a a, a real uh, a chance to play. You saw a lot of Elijah strong. You saw uh, Fred Payne who looked like he got hurt. I'm not sure how bad that was. Uh, and you saw Armani mighty play as a lot too. So easy win. BC was clearly the better team and, and you got your kit. You got to rest Quentin post and Jaden Zachary for quite a bit of this. Now next game BC plays is against Holy cross who lost to the central Connecticut team. So BC should really, you know, just cruise through these two wins as they get ready to play St. John's in a bigger game. They're now six and three. This is a nice uh, turnaround. Obviously, you're, you're playing some bad teams that you just you just need to 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 not have those WTF losses. Loyola Chicago is that WTF loss right now, but it's not that it's not the same level as Tarleton State, UNH, Maine last year, or Albany, or Nickel State. Nickel State or whatever they're called from a couple years ago. <clears throat> so they're six and three, good win. Uh, and we'll talk more about everything going on. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Uh, hit up, hit the like button. If you're listening to this right now on YouTube, please hit the like button. It helps other people find this podcast. Um, and, and, and subscribe. If you've not already subscribed, please do that as well. And go again, go over to Eagle Insider, sign up for our 60% off. We'll be back again tomorrow for more talk about the transfer portal. Hopefully we'll have some good news. We'll talk about that as well. This is AJ Black. Follow me on, on Twitter at AJ Black 247. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Take care.